Hey, Christine, how's it going? Hey, Lauren, what's up? I'm excited because we are back here for more Game of Thrones rewatch. And these are some solid episodes. But yeah, how's uh, how's life for you? Life's pretty good. Um, Yeah, I don't know what's new since our last episode. Just kind of chilling in New York, hitting up a lot of concerts, watching a lot of Game of Thrones, um, getting hyped for my trip to King's Landing next month. Oh yeah, that's coming up. Yeah, I'm excited. I've been trying to buy some like Daenerys inspired sundresses. I don't want to like wear like all the Game of Thrones stuff. I feel like that's a little too fangirl. So I just want to wear like stuff that looks like it. I don't know. I think it would like be cool if you walked around King's Landing in a I fucked a dragon (laughs) crop top from Pot of the Dragon. I mean, that's not a bad idea. (laughs) Guys, you can find our merch store on Etsy, Pot of the Dragon check it out by the way listeners this is pot of the dragon the show where we talk about house of the dragon and game of thrones and everything going on in westeros so welcome back for another episode welcome today we are talking about second half of season three of game of thrones so yeah it was a bunch of big episodes bunch of upsetting ones um yes yeah so what are the names of the episodes we're talking about today yeah season three episodes six through ten so that is going to be the climb the bear and the maiden fair the second sons the reigns of castamir and misa uh, before we get started, guys, a couple things at the top. We will be talking about all the things that happen in these episodes, as well as throughout the Game of Thrones series. So this will be full of spoilers. And also, quick content warning, we talk about anything that happens in Game of Thrones in these episodes. We try to do it with nuance, but we will be covering topics such as incest, rape, violence, sexual violence, all that stuff. So um, if that's not for you, this may not be the pod for you. Honestly, though, there's a lot that happens in these episodes. So I think we better just dive right in because there's a lot to get through here. So starting with uh, episode six, The Climb, uh, let's see, we start right off with Sam and Gilly, which this is a pretty epic sequence. Right. Oh my God. With the White Walkers. I mean, it just starts off being all awkward with Sam not knowing how to make a fire. And she's like, you had people make fires for you. What the fuck? (laughs) But then yeah, the White Walkers. Can we talk about the crows or the ravens or whatever the fuck they are? Like what, what is their purpose? in that scene like are they telling the white walkers where to go are they trying to warn sam and gilly about the white walkers or like what what is their purpose i don't know they don't explain any of this (laughs) (laughs) they explain nothing i don't even know like why i'm guessing the white walker showed up to take the baby yeah to make a white walker because he was like promised because crusher made a deal with them or whatever they were owed a son they were owed a, a son but like how did they know where they were why were the ravens there like i don't know yeah that's why i'm like did the ravens lead them to the maybe the, i don't know but also the ravens like shut up when they approached so maybe they were just trying to help sam and gilly maybe so i don't know maybe it was just to be creepy i feel like if the ravens it was if the ravens were like controlled they'd have like the blue eyes right yeah like the horses do later the horses do so maybe their friend they friend raven people raven i guess no that do you think they're people raven like wargs no i don't think so i don't think think they're wargs people (laughs) people (laughs) ravens 
but I mean like the three-eyed raven is a people raven friends of the humans so maybe the regular ravens the, the, are the three-eyed raven's a people raven well he's a he's a he's a tree well yeah that's true people raven. <laughs> he's his own thing <laughs> he's a tree and it's not cool I'm sorry <laughs> But yeah, so the point is, this is the scene where Sam, Sam kills the White Walker um, with the dragon glass and figures out what dragon glass is for. And he's like the first person to kill a White Walker in like thousands of years. So it's kind of a big deal. And, you know, he finally gets the courage to actually try to kill something because he's in love. Yeah. So he saved. Yeah. He has a little family, even though he's a boy of the Night's Watch and not supposed to do that. Night boy. Night boy. Um, quick note about the Bran party, party of Bran. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a little bit of more of a serious note because Jojen has a seizure in this episode mm-hmm. and Mira puts a strap in his mouth. Just a little quick PSA. Don't put stuff in people's mouths when they're having a seizure. Don't do that. No, bad idea. I just, every time a show does this, I have to make a little PSA. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do anything near their mouths. No, just let them have their seizure. Just let them be. Yeah. Just put a, something under their head so they don't bang their head and just let them anyway. exist. Thanks, Game of Thrones. <laughs> continuing to propagate lies all right then we've also got the um the climb of the wall in this episode Ooh, wait have we talked about the continental divide on this podcast yet we haven't so when i visited lauren like 2014 i didn't even watch game of thrones yet you had though so you made the yeah i had and so had your other friend who was with you yes so she took us to the continental divide which do you want to explain what that is it's like where the the plates yeah do a thing so um if you are in North America and it rains um, on ones if you draw a line down like the watershed line from where that rain would fall on one side of the continental divide it will go into the Atlantic and on the other side it will go into the Pacific so that if you can you can trace a line from like basically that highest point all the way down the Canadian Rockies and the Rockies and then all the way down to Central America um, and that's the continental divide it's it's the watershed line for east west Ooh, that makes yeah. sense so yeah so I, I live near part of it in Colorado. Yeah. And like Colorado is kind of weird because the weather's all over the place. So like earlier in the day, we're like hiking or something and we're wearing like, like tank tops and shorts and sneakers and shit. And then we went to the Continental Divide and it was really cold and there was just like ice and like snow just like slapping against your face and a lot of wind. Um, So I ran back to the car hiding. I was a big baby about it. And then when I watched this episode, I started sending her clips of it. I was like, this actual footage of me at the Continental Divide and it's just like Egret falling, Egret and Jon Snow falling down the wall and just like ice slapping him in the face. That's exactly what it was like. It was very confusing. So it was so warm out that day. Why was there ice? Yes. So ever since then, I have called, uh, at least to Christine and some other friends, I've called Loveland Pass on the Continental Divide, the wall. That's the wall. Even though there's another part of the mountains in Colorado that is also called the wall because it actually looks like the wall and it's wall shaped. Like it looks like the Game of Thrones wall or it just looks like a wall. Yeah. Oh, really? I want to go. Yeah. You can like walk along it and it's epic and tall. Can you pee off it? I think so. If you're brave. If you're Tyrion. But yeah, so they climb the wall. Egret, I have a note here. Egret is the only one in the show with the right idea. I feel like this time around, she's my favorite character. I mean, I love Daenerys. I'll always love Daenerys. But like... 
big egret fan this time around yeah same where she like confronts Jon Snow and she goes I know you're still a crow like you or I know you you didn't stop being a crow the minute you walked into Mansurator's tent but she said like but like the Night's Watch doesn't need you and like Mansurator's army doesn't need yeah. me you and me are the only things that matter to you and me we just need to be loyal to each other and like ain't that the truth like she's right like they're all just like cannon fodder and like these other people's armies and wars and like the real loyalty has to be earned you know like that's what I like about her like to her like loyalty has to be earned and like she's based on love and people she cares about like and contrast that with Tywin who is like literal opposite I'm just gonna skip right ahead for a second because he he pissed me off even more than he originally did during this rewatch Mm -hmm. I agree and especially during this set of episodes because he is really not just okay with but actively wants Tyrion to rape Sansa and he's like the family name is the only thing that matters and it doesn't matter what you have to do and that is in response to Tyrion saying I don't want to rape her yeah I mean not raping people should be more important than your family name maybe piece of shit yeah no Tywin thinks it's fine if it's for the family yeah so Tywin's like the opposite and it's like all it's like it's just for the family name like he doesn't even care about like his family like the his children no he doesn't care about his family just about the name just about the name it's some bullshit um so that's like total opposite egret so yeah I think I think Tywin is like the best representation of like the families of Westeros mm-hmm. of the seven kingdoms so like he just embodies kind of the optimal family name guy of the seven kingdoms and it's kind of like whatever else is trying to do but he does it the best or if you want to be cool about it the worst but yeah and then Ygritte's obviously the exact opposite of that where she's like I understand that that's stupid yeah Tywin's just very just like created his fortune and his family name off of just kind of opportunistic moves being made with the you know the Targaryens and then the Baratheons and just kind of like making decisions that benefited him and nobody else and yeah yeah he played the game but fuck yeah he loves the game like that but then Ygritte doesn't care about the game she doesn't want to play anybody's game she just wants to you're a proper lover john just wants to fuck in a cave like that's the move yeah you're a proper lover john Snow. <laughs> and then um she also tells him that she's gonna cut his pretty little cock off if he betrays her which she doesn't she just shoots him with a lot of arrows she's queen she's the queen the part where she shoots him with arrows i have on my playlist um the boy who blocked his own shot by brand new because <laughs> the first line is if it makes you less sad i will die by your hand <laughs> i feel like that's such a john snow thing to totally anyway if you if you're not familiar with my playlist we talk about it in a in a um mini soda a while back yeah you can find it on our facebook page or if you go on the link tree from instagram you can find it in any of those places uh okay so melisandra oh my gosh fucking melisandra she shows up to steal gendry um she is like very touchy-feely all the time and i don't like it you do not have my permission to touch me no she touches everybody the scene happens with her and aria where she like gets really close and looks in her eyes and says something about how she's gonna close a lot of eyes forever yeah brown eyes green eyes blue eyes do you think they knew that was gonna happen like do you think that when they filmed they definitely didn't when they 
to film this scene know that Arya was going to kill the Night King because I don't think so then there's a scene way later like there was a um like behind the episode for that long night episode where they're just like we were just like trying to figure it out one night and we're like you know it would be really cool if Arya did it because like that's what they had gotten to as a series by the end yeah they just like got drunk and made a plan but it just worked out that they I mean I'm fine with that happening it just felt like it wasn't very well thought out but yeah so I thought that scene I'm like oh yeah they referenced that um in the end they do but yeah I don't think they had it planned I think they were just referencing the faceless man shit at that point yeah but I did think that was like a one of the cool scenes with Melisandre like she gave us a cool little prophecy she wasn't like groping anyone in that quick 10 seconds you know snippet her boobs were covered her boobs were away (laughs) they weren't necessary to be out in that conversation or most of her conversations <laughs> yeah but then um gendry's like tits let's go and so he leaves with her Ugh. so the scene i know can we like jump around episodes today yeah the scene where um i got so mad at this watching it where she puts the leeches on him was it necessary to make it a sex thing could she have just tied him up and put the leeches on him like why why did she have to like fake seduce him and then be like psych I'm putting leeches on your dick like why like I I don't understand why that had to be a sex thing I don't know it felt extra creepy and kind of did she have to get the blood to rush to his dick because she put a leech on his dick maybe but she could have put a leech somewhere (laughs) I don't know that just felt to me like it was just like why did it need to be on his dick it didn't need to be on his dick I mean maybe she doesn't understand I don't know if she understands the circulatory system I think she does but like it's the same everywhere it didn't need to be dick blood dick blood tit blood arm blood leg blood your arm blood all the same stomach blood it's just blood yeah that's like just it wasn't I don't understand why it was necessary to like seduce him and get naked and it just like felt like just how her character's just over sexualized for no reason yeah I hate that scene yep and then he like talks about it later and he's like what would you did and Davos is like I would not affect her she's a weirdo All right. Speaking of weirdos, Ramsey Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. I hate this. Is this is my least favorite thing. Like besides all the rape, which we always talk about, but this whole reek bullshit is like my least favorite part of this show. I think. Yeah. I mean, they like literally show him flaying Theon's finger and like pulling the bone out. I think from the middle of his finger, and then like (laughs) there's a lot that they show that's really bad. It's graphic. I started skipping over some of these scenes this time around because I'm just like I've seen this enough times I already know what's gonna happen so I just fast forward and watch it like it then quick slow-mo and then talk shit over it yeah but this one the one where he's cutting off his finger he's talking the whole time so I couldn't do that um yeah the thing that pissed me off is they're playing the little game where Theon has to guess who he is and I'm like how does and he's just like your number you're this you're a car star and I'm like he's a Bolton because their flag is the fucking thing that he had you pinned on that he's doing to you like how did you not figure that the fuck out that this is a Bolton who else is out here flaming people yeah that's true i didn't think of that to be honest fucking stupid (laughs) did he not go to any of his lessons he just doesn't know anything he knows less than Jon snow (laughs) oof that is not a lot at all 
Yeah. So I was wondering, Christine, and I know I'm just bringing this on you, but do you think we could bring Ramsey into Dr. Christine's psychology corner? Ugh. I don't want, like, I don't want to see him. These are the episodes where we got to do it. I don't like Ramsey. (laughs) No, Ramsey. Tell us what's wrong with him. (laughs) I feel like there's so many characters that I'm like, they're a sociopath, but like he, he is like, he's a sociopath and a sadist. And like, he's very, I feel like more so than like, I, like I said, like Joffrey really like, isn't quite that because he doesn't have the manipulation and the charm. And like Ramsey definitely does. Yeah. It's all a game for him. Him. he's very charming he's very you know all that shit but yeah he's just he's just he's definitely a sociopath like even I don't even want to get into like it doesn't even matter like what his childhood was or anything like that like he's just like there's no nuance to him in the way that there's nuance to a lot of the other characters he's just yeah well one thing though too is like it seems like Bruce Bolton kind of likes that he's like that mm-hmm. and we find out later that he's the child of rape like there's like a scene at some season we'll get there eventually but I remember like Roos tells him like how he like raped his mother on her wedding day so she wouldn't be pure yeah. for her husband because that was his right as the lord and I'm just like Ugh. I mean so you have to imagine like because normally we talk about like sociopaths and stuff in real life it's like you know there's some fucked up shit usually that they've been through not that that's an excuse for anyone to be like that mm-hmm. but you know um there are perfectly normal people who go through bad shit too but anyway um but I feel like with Bruce Bolton he is like probably like rewarding violent behavior or like praising violent behavior I'm sure yeah I mean he like and obviously if you already have like sociopathic tendencies or whatever you're not gonna turn out to be a good person if you're in that kind of environment yeah yeah for sure it's definitely like encouraged and I mean he's in the Boltons who have the flayed man as their literal flag as we said yeah yeah because then I mean Roos naturalizes him later right yeah yeah right now he's Ramsey Snow yeah and I think it's like a reward for him like being as violent as he is really yeah I think he like kills a bunch of people or something I can't remember we'll get to it yeah I don't know but I mean, it seems like Bruce is like, good job. Yeah. I I couldn't be as terrible as you, but nice, nice job. Nice job. Yeah. He's like his like mad dog. Yeah. And he likes it a lot. Basically. And he likes it. He's basically like a sociopath. Like it's also like usually so- refers to someone who has antisocial personality disorder, which is just characterized by a lack of empathy, uh, no remorse and the need to exploit and manipulate others for personal gain. Um, so not all people with <laughs> antisocial personality disorder are going to be your murders and your torturers. Um, a lot of them do really well in business um, or <laughs> live normal lives. However, in this world, Ramsey Bolton definitely fits that mold and he is a torture head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to put it lightly. To put it lightly. All right. Well, anything else on that? Or do you want to pop back into the episodes? Yeah. I want to talk about, as I wrote in my phone, I was calling her Grandma High Garden. Nice. <laughs> I forgot her oh, name for a minute. And then I, I decided that, that was a great nickname. Elena Tyrell. The scene with her and Tywin. Yes. Oh, 
So they're just, they're just like going at it. They're two people like heads of their house, like very motivated by their family name, things like that. And just very good at what they do. And it's just like shots fired. She's definitely better when it comes to the tea. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part is when he like is implying that. Um, I know what you're going to say. Loris is gay. And she, he's like, do you deny it? She goes, no, he's a sword swallower through and through. Yes. And then tries to like be like, it's a natural thing. Like you never... Did you ever have cousins? Did you grow up with boys, squires? Like all boys do. Yeah. Trying to get Simon to admit that he has had like, I don't know, experimented one time in college. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, totally. He's just like, never. And then she's like, well, it's totally natural. Incest on the other hand, not so much. Yeah. (laughs) Same. I support everyone should be a little gay, but nobody should fuck their sibling. (laughs) But yeah, that's a great scene. Wonderful. I mean, yeah, so the scene ends with Tywin just like blackmailing her to get what she wants. But I feel like she was doing better in the argument before that. She was. So yeah, so they end up with the engaging or betrothing, betrothing Cersei to Loras, which neither of them want. And Olena doesn't want, but Tywin's just good at getting what he wants. Apparently, fuck him. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then I like the scene later where... (laughs) Tyrion is like talking to Cersei about how he like doesn't want to marry Sansa and then he's like poor Loras too he's in for a life of like a singular misery or something like that. my gosh or I'm sure he'll come to know a singular misery <laughs> amazing because it because you know he'll come to know Cersei same Cersei's thing Cersei's the worst okay why are Littlefinger and Varys always having like weird conversations in the throne room by themselves yeah why are they there they just like meet up there and talk shit yeah they just shit talk each other just their little club this is when he does his chaos is a lot of yes this is when he does chaos is a lot of and um when they show what Joffrey did to Roz. Yes. Ugh, and he like admits that she was a bad invest. Like he threatened before. Yeah. He threatened in the last season that he was going to kill her or like let someone kill her. And, and so he did. Cause he's the worst. Poor Roz. Yeah. Chaos isn't a pitch. Chaos is a lot of. Chaos is a lot of. Um, the music during that conversation, I remember being particularly excellent. Yeah, that is a very like cinematic scene. Um, you know, they're they've got Littlefinger basically like voiceovering the murder scene, and then like the like um kind of dark music going on in the background. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, very cool scene. And then um. That episode ends with Ygritte and Snargy Narg at the top of the wall. Again, Snargy Narg <laughs> is Jon Snow, Jon Snow, Jon Targaryen, Jon Snargaryen, Jon Snark. Okay. Snargy Narg. So yeah, that's another really cool scene with a great cinematography. Um, just like this epic, I think it's like Ygritte gets up or and Ygritte kind of gets up and looks out over the um the north north of the wall and then john like basically takes her hand and like goes to show her his world on the other side of the wall and it's just like very epic and cool and it's like this huge vista and the lighting is amazing um the music is really amazing so and then they make out and then they make out it's just a beautiful scene it's so beautiful yeah i have um the game of thrones tarot deck it was my first tarot deck i love it so much 
Um, and the card for the lovers has that scene. Like it's a painting of Jon Snow and Egret at the top of the wall. Nice. So then when I watched that scene, I'm like, oh, it's the lovers card. Because they are wonderful. Yeah. Love that scene. Um, and this is kind of, I wrote this like on my notes for a later episode, but like this season, I feel like is the kind of the last time we see like, like actual romance or like consensual good sex. Uh, um, what? Dario Naharis's ass? Okay, fine. <laughs> Okay, fine. So let's say we see romance, I guess, between like when we have Egret and because I don't know, does Danny love Dario? He's just slam piece. I think she does, but she like, but she's also, um, you know, you can almost contrast her and Dario with Tyrion and Shay, where like Tyrion keeps wanting to like sneak her around and Danny's like, no, I know this would be bad politically, so I'm not going to keep doing it. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You got me. Ha. Convinced. Ha. You convinced me with that. Um, we meet him later. All right, should we go right into episode seven now? The Bear and the Maiden Fair? Episode seven, The Bear and the Maiden Fair. We open with the Free Folk, South of the Wall. Free Folk. Love the Free Folk. Egret and Jon Snow are having a hilarious conversation about battles where Egret doesn't understand why they have drums and banners. Yeah, and then she tells Jon Snow that he knows nothing. He does know nothing. <laughs> and while they're... Wandering around south of the wall, the Starks and the Tullys are heading to the twins. Aww. Big sad. We'll get there eventually. Um. Oh, this is where Rob and Talisa are banging, and she's like, "Baby Stark, do 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 do." Baby Stark, do 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 do. Yeah. So this is when we find out she's pregnant. I love this scene with them when um they like finish having sex, and he's like, "If you don't put any clothes on, I might attack you again." And she goes, "Attack! Attack! Attack! Attack!" <laughs> she like puts her little butt up in the air while she's saying it <laughs> it's very cute it's just very cute in this scene i feel like they did that to hurt us more at the end they're like let's make this couple like extra cute for a few episodes yeah right before you watch them die spoilers <laughs> Oh, um, back to the free folk. Oh my god, yes. There's this scene where Tormund is basically like telling Jon Snow how to give good dick. Yes. And then, he, and Jon's like not saying anything, and then he keeps like looking back and forth between, or like Egret and Jon keep like looking back and forth, but neither of them say anything, but you can tell that she's like, he doesn't need to know this. <laughs> yeah, he's like trying to explain foreplay to him. <laughs> like... Uh, Tormund talking about sex is always hilarious. We know the one thing that Jon Snow does know is foreplay. That's all he knows. Yeah. That's why he should have never left the cave. Um, we find out that Warg boy, um, <laughs> the, the people raven. Yeah, Oral. <laughs> the hawk, by the way, I'm pretty sure. Speaking of Oral, um, we find out that Oral the hawk boy, see what I did there? Um, yeah. <laughs> Also loves Egret. Um, yeah, I wrote, he's a jelly boy. He's a jelly boy, um, but she doesn't love him back because Oral doesn't know anything about Oral. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he doesn't have pretty hair, Christine. He doesn't have, he's not pretty. Or that's what he says. He's not a proper lover. He's not a proper lover. <laughs> proper lover, Jon Snow. <laughs> I'm going to start calling my husband a proper lover. He's going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, and then we've got a scene with uh, Sansa and Marjorie, and I wrote, Sadsa is sad. Sadsa, 
Sansa and Marjorie being friends is my favorite, but I like this here because she says the thing that we've been saying about her the whole time, where she's like, I'm a stupid little girl with stupid dreams who never learns. And it's like, yeah, we know. Yeah. <laughs> but this is when she starts to learn, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of right about now. Yeah, she does. And then Marjorie tries to explain. There's a lot of people trying to explain sex to each other in this episode. Yes, I love this, though. So she's trying to explain that, like, Tyrion might not be the worst match because he's, like, probably the nicest Lannister and he's going to be good to her and, like, their kids will probably be, like, smart and, like, the heir to Casterly Rock, which is a big deal and that, like, he's probably really good at sex because he has lots of experience and um, she goes, we're very complicated, you know, pleasing us takes practice. And then Sansa's like, how did you know this? Did your mother teach you? And Marjorie's just like, um, yeah. Yes, sweet girl. My mother taught me. (laughs) This confirms Marjorie fucks. Yep. Oh, and she says something. She talks about how, like, she's like, some women like short men. And then she's like, some women like pretty men. Some women like pretty girls. Like, you'll never know what you like until you've tried it all. I want to try everything. Yes, Marjorie. Marjorie wins. Marjorie fucks. Um, Tyrion's somehow the only one in the show who doesn't want to fuck or marry a literal child. Yeah, he says on multiple occasions that she's a child and that's not okay. And everyone's just like, that's totally normal. And he's like, no. They're like, yeah, it's like you have your period and then it's fine. It's like, no, people get their periods when they're still children. Children. And he's like the only one I feel like on this show who's just like, yeah, it's weird that I'm a grown ass man and she's 14 and like, I don't want to do that. It's not attractive to me. Like, cause even like, even Shay's like, she is beautiful. And Tyrion's just like, she's a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the first scene where we see uh, Tywin and Joffrey actually talking to each other since Tywin showed up at King's Landing. So Joffrey actually brings up in this scene that he's like concerned about Danny existing, which I think no one was concerned about it all of season two since Robert died. Mm-hmm. And now Joffrey's like, aren't we going to kill her? And Tywin's like, why do you care? They're just little tiny dragons. Oh, yeah. He's like, they're just small baby dragons. Yeah. And he like, Tywin is is not concerned about it basically at all. So now it's like, weirdly, the insane person is the only one who is concerned about Danny at this point. Maybe we should care about this dragon person. Which at this point, like, she also doesn't have ships yet. So like. Yeah. But I think it's funny because like, it almost makes it to where Tywin would take it less seriously if the only person who gives a shit is this crazy child king that's true (laughs) and he just wants to kill everyone so it's almost like the boy who cried wolf exactly like she's as much as a of a threat as like the guy who insulted him you know yeah um yeah speaking of danny she goes to young kai and meets this fucking asshole dude well and she says so before she even goes into young kai she's like how many slaves live there i have to take it because all the slaves live there and we need to free them and jorah just has this confused look on his face and i'm like jorah Get with the program slaves not cool slaves bad there's a part of me where i'm like she is kind of being like an imperialist here like they're just like yeah like leave us alone and let us run our country and we'll give you a bunch of money and like we'll be and she's just like no i'm gonna destroy all of you but I also feel like there shouldn't be slaves. I think she wouldn't necessarily have attacked if it wasn't a city that had slaves. Yeah. Like she didn't want to just take over a city and like take all of their citizens. She just was like, oh, there's people enslaved here. Then because they're like discussing whether or not they need to take Young Kai. Yeah. And the Young Kai people don't really come and with then, her. And then she's like, but how many slaves live there? And she's like, okay, then we need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this is also how she starts burning the bridges that fuck her up later when she's in Marine, like when she 
starts like just like the guy says that he is very you know important or like but to say important or powerful friends or whatever which I feel like in Marine when like the people start coming after her and like you know spoiler alert kill Barristan and all shit like that it's like this scene's kind of when she starts to burn those bridges but she ends up burning their asses later anyway so <laughs> and there's the part where he threatens her or he's yeah like maybe we'll make a slave of you when the dragon goes because you promised us safe conduct and she goes my dragons made no promises and you just threatened their mother yeah also i had a note here that the dragons are like people-sized at this point and i just get very excited every time they get more yeah they're big i always like that was the other thing with like tywin saying like oh they're just little like it's just like three dragons that size could still fuck shit up like you know what i mean yeah (laughs) they already have killed people yeah they do it all the time like she just took multiple cities already i've also noticed um the dragons still like listen to her pretty well in these episodes they're not like off doing their own bullshit yet yeah they like stay with her yeah oh did you notice that she's wearing a slave collar in this scene oh no i did not notice that yeah so she has like she has on one of the collars i think I don't know. It's not, I don't think it's exactly like any of the other specific um, callers that we see, but it is very similar. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, yeah, she didn't go through it. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, know. she's a little imperialist in this scene. Yeah. A little, it's a little like the young guy stuff's cool. It's a little white savior. Yeah. Like, I like it, but I'm like, I'm going to call out, like, I'll call it what it is. It's a little bit problematic. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, um, hmm. I understand she's, I mean, we've talked before about it. like, she's always adopting different cultures, things because, like, mm-hmm. she doesn't really know who her people are. And now all her people are former, sla- former slaves, but still, that's a weird one. Maybe she's, sub i don't think so (laughs) i really love whenever they're announcing danny and they say all of her titles and like the title list gets longer and longer and longer as the series it just makes me very pumped up every time they do that yeah me too it's great one more thing about this scene so the slaver says to her at one point she's like yeah i'm gonna like you know he gives her the gold he's like this is my gift to you she's like cool my gift to you is your life if you let all the slaves go and then he says to her you're mad and i'm like this better not be one of those things that they say is foreshadowing for her becoming mad because all she's doing is is standing up against human trafficking so i don't think she's crazy that's not the same thing as burning down an entire city of innocent people like she's doing this nope. to save the innocent people from like being exploited and trafficked and enslaved yeah so whatever hate it okay so i have some more theories about shay go on so in this episode shay is mad at Tyrion because he like gives her a gold chain necklace jewelry situation and she's like mm-hmm. you give me chains and give me chains and he's like it's jewelry and she's like gold chains so i'm wondering (laughs) between that and then i think in episode nine or ten of this season she also says i stopped being a child when i was nine my mother made sure of that so do you think her mom sold her into slavery and that's her backstory that was the impression that i was getting yeah because we also learned earlier when we met um daenerys's handmaid who was she also from Volantis maybe because she was not no she was from Lise wasn't she oh, she's from Lise okay anyway she was sold to the pleasure house when she was nine yeah so that makes like it's the same age so I'm like wondering if yeah so maybe anyway that's my new shade theory yeah I think so too 
She's like, you gave me a gold chain? Yeah, she was really pissed about the chain. And that would make sense if she used to be a slave. Totally. Um, I actually kind of feel for her here is what I wrote. I don't remember what. But I think, yeah, I do kind of feel bad for her in this season. Because she just, she can't. Like, Tyrion cares about being a Lannister more than he cares about her. Which I'm not saying that's right or wrong. But I understand, like, why that's upsetting to her. And, like, now she has to watch this man that she loves marry this, like, kid that she loves. Yeah. And just kind of be like she says at one point like I'll be the one combing her hair and changing her chamber pot and she'll be your wife yeah um and I think it for before I always was just like mad at her because I felt like she was jealous for like because he was gonna be like fucking her or would love her and like he clearly didn't want that but now it just seems like it's like she's it's more of like a classes thing like she's acknowledging that like she's never gonna get to be like his lady and that she doesn't even want that she wants to run away with him and them to have a life together and he won't do that I think it's both though because up until she comes in the morning after their wedding and changes the sheets she is really pissy and jelly and like it doesn't it seems like she needed the proof that like no one slept in the bed that's true to like know that he wasn't gonna fuck her that's true so I think it's both but But it's also because she also spent so much time like like trying to protect Sansa from Littlefinger and like trying to stop like skeezy men from taking advantage of her and now she's like well like now my person that I'm in love with is gonna force this child to bear his children it's a weird position for her so I do feel for her here I mean back to Melisandre we've kind of talked about her and the leeches but like before that even she's planning to kill him you know and Mm -hmm. she's like in a boat with Gendry and like talking about King's blood what's with this King fluid bullshit we're back to that I know I it's what I would have in my notes why is she so into King fluid it's just I don't like why if the red god right is a god and he's the only god and he's like the fire god and he's the one that creates dragons and shit like that what the fuck does he care about kings like kings are just like a a human thing like even like the baratheons are not even like the dragon's blood like they're i mean technically i guess they shared lines with the targaryens but whatever they're not even like the dynasty or whatever it's like he like came and took the throne by combat by conquest right and now his bastard son is like magical like i don't understand yeah no that doesn't she's full of shit um also if i were gendry and i'm sitting in a boat with a strange weirdo boobs and all like whatever and she's like i'm interested in your blood right (laughs) like get me the fuck out of here right but i guess he's too interested in boobs dickful thinking the downfall of gendry Speaking of the Red God, we switched to a scene there with Arya and they're like telling her that the Red God is the one true God. And she says, no, he's not. There's only one true God and his name is Death. (laughs) But I think this is great because like um, she just saw Thoros bring Beric back to life. And like, I think most kids in her shoes, like seeing something like that, being a child would be like, okay, I'm a believer. She's still just like, no. But she's already seen so much other shit. She's like, no, only death. This doesn't phase me. It's just death. Yeah. Even though he like defied death. I know. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's like, it's kind of, weird that she isn't swayed by it at all like it doesn't even shake her a little yeah that's a good point but anyway this is also the scene where she decides to run away from the brotherhood fuck the brotherhood yeah and then i was thinking to myself when she runs away i was like good luck finding her but then the hound finds her so how does he always find her yeah i don't know he's good at finding because he has a hound because he's a hound he sniffs her out (laughs) don't you start no (gasps) 
what's Narg doing? He's being a shitty kitty. No, he it, when a doors are closed, he likes to knock things off of Rich's dresser and then go Oops. until I let him out. Oh. So I will let him out. Hang okay. on. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jamie and Brienne. So Jamie finds out that Brienne is going to be left behind with Locke, who's the guy who chopped his hand off. And he like basically says to, or goes to say goodbye to her. And then Locke basically like comes and tells Jamie that he's going to fuck Brienne up. And they, they actually do like leave and he has to come back when he realizes what's going on. Um, But I'm pretty sure he should have figured that out in the first place. Right? Why did they leave? Yeah. I mean, like Locke basically told him he's going to fuck her and kill her. So whatever. Horrible, but at least he came back. Yeah. Um, there's also another part in this foreshadowing that I never realized before. So when he leaves, he says to Roose Bolton, when Jamie leaves, he says to Roose Bolton, give um tell the Starks the Lannisters send their regards. Yes, he does say that, which I never realized that before. Yes, and he does say it back to them. He says that as he stabbed. Yeah, oof, totally didn't like. I saw that this time watching through, but yeah, I don't remember like seeing it before. I did not like catch that. I don't remember it. Any other time I've watched this, I never I think that. I'm noticing some of these smaller bits of foreshadowing more because we're watching like five episodes at a time and I usually watch them all in like one or two days versus like one a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it is true. Okay. Now we've got another rape scene, rapey scene, which is Miranda and that other girl trying to fuck Theon while he's just trying to get the fuck out. Oh, right. Um, I hate this. This is the one I fast forwarded because I'm like, I know what happens. I don't want to watch it again. Yeah. It's just like they keep it's very like weird and like psychological torture, like because they're like, we heard you're good at sex. And then like whenever he says, where is Ramsey or like, where is he? Like, where am I? And like, I got to get out. They kind of are just like, haha, what? And like act like nothing's going on. So like getting in his head. Yeah. You think she's prettier than me? Yeah. It's very horrible. It's awful. And uh, my main note from this scene was what the fuck is this scene? Yeah, this is the one that I just get like, I'm like, I've seen it and I don't want to see it again because it upsets me. Um, Yeah. And then he loses his leaner. So yeah, this is, so this is very he gets his dick cut off womp, womp. the worst the worst we've got another good snarg and agret scene um this is where they like see the windmill and agret's like is that a castle and he's like no it's a windmill <laughs> and then <laughs> and then um he says something about how she's gonna swoon when she sees winterfell and she's like what the fuck is swooning and he's like it's it's like when women see something it's like it's when a girl sees blood and collapses <laughs> she see more blood than boys yeah she's just like what the fuck <laughs> oh a spider save me Jon Snow my dress is the finest possible <laughs> oh she's so funny I love her she's the best then John gets all serious as he does and he's like you guys won't win this war uh, I know that you guys have risen up before and you always lose and she says if we die we die but first we'll live let's fuck yes and this is again when he says something about you will all die all of you will die and she said all of us yeah yeah she's got the right idea yep this is about where i start writing hodor in all caps every time i see hodor (laughs) that was the next note that i had was just hodor in all caps hodor hodor no other context (laughs) i also osha sucks in this episode she does but i forgot she tells them about the whites 
Yeah. But yeah, she's just always fighting with Mira and it's annoying. For no reason. Why? For no reason. Yeah. Being a total dick. She's just like, I'm the only girl here. That's what it feels like. Yeah. And she's like, I know more about life than you do. And then they have this like dick measuring contest where they skin rabbits. With the rabbits. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Super dumb. But yeah, then Osha, like you said, she tells us about having to kill her dead ex-husband who was already dead and she had to kill him. So that's sad. Very sad. Yeah. So she's the first one that tells them about the whites. Well, I guess like Jojen had told Bran about the whites before, but I forgot that Osha knew too. Yeah. And that's like, I guess that makes sense because that's why they were south of the wall. She was like, we're getting the fuck out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then this episode ends with what we already talked about. JB going back to save Brienne. Um, she's fighting a bear with a wooden sword. And Jamie's like, nope. I'm... And this is, I think it's fun because like, it's such a, I mean, and this is obviously like the the thing they're trying to do, but it's just like a, a weird like damsel in distress. Cause obviously Brienne is not very damselly and mm-hmm. she generally doesn't need saving. And then Jamie like normally likes to act like the white knight in shining armor but actually is a dick in real life and for once is actually like going actually to help be. somebody for real so i just really like that kind of aspect of the scene yeah it was definitely great yeah for that the little outfit they put her in stupid i also yeah i hated that, that. <laughs> she looked so dumb in that dress which was intentional she was supposed to look uncomfortable in it but she, and she did um but yeah that's the end of that episode so then episode eight is the second sons and we start out with Arya and the hound um she wakes up ready to murder him he's like you can try once but if you don't i'm gonna kill you and she's like i'll do it later so this is that's the scene though where um the hound tells uh aria that he saved sansa from all the rapers and i think that like plays into that plus like all her experiences she's about to have like hanging out with the hound will kind of play into when she like walks away from him later yeah like she's like starting to she still hates him but she's starting to like she's starting to see that he's a gray area question it like yeah like oh like how, why did he save her if he's this horrible person but he also killed my friend like yeah yeah gray area is a good way to put it uh, um, I also was thinking the first time we watched this through, I like legit thought that we were going to have a little Arya Stark reunion because like yeah. she just gets so close and, and I was just like, oh my God, it's happening. I hadn't read the book yet. Didn't know what was going to go down. Um, so I was pretty excited. Anyway, I started watching this like much later after this season had already come out and I remember everyone talking about the red wedding, but I didn't know what it was. I knew there was a wedding and I knew somebody died. So then this episode which we'll get to it after but uh uh Sansa and Tyrion's wedding he came in wearing red and I was just like freaking out like who's gonna die who's gonna die who's gonna die and then I'm like nobody died maybe it's not what I thought and then the next episode got it yeah got it bad in the meantime Dario old Dario the Dario we get for like three episodes okay personally I think original Dario is hotter I like new Dario I like both but I just like thought I don't know he captured the Dario from the books better for me too isn't it four blue beards though I know neither of them do but like (laughs) for some reason I thought he seemed he's like prettier yeah which like that was kind of Dario's yeah the other guy's like rough and like scruffy and that just isn't Dario's thing yeah I guess that's true but anyway we meet Dario we meet the second sons um I did note that Danny is actually like having a decent like political chat in this episode with the second sons Mm -hmm. she does and they're just like sexually harassing her and her I wrote here yeah why is Daenerys how is Daenerys the villain for wanting to burn every man who sexually harasses her and her friends alive right 
<laughs> but not a villain. Yeah. No, because we've talked before about how she's like definitely a conqueror and like doesn't know how to be a diplomat or like speak in political situations. And I kind of thought she was doing okay in this in this particular scene. But yeah, she was doing better. And then this the uh script gets kind of flipped because Dario is the one who just takes matters into his own hands. <laughs> good. Yeah, and good because then in the next scene we see them. So we've moved on from Braun undressing the sex workers in public to the second son's assholes just like grabbing this poor woman's cooch in public not cool no hate that except for dario who's like follow the sound of my voice no he doesn't yeah he's nice to her and he also is just like i don't like he's like i don't fuck sex workers because i want to fuck a woman who wants to fuck me yeah which is great I mean, no, I'm not anti-sex work. I just think that's like a a thing in this world that they're actually thinking about what the woman wants and that being a turn on is like very rare. So go Dario. Um, Yeah, it's like, I mean, in this world, sex workers are basically something that you buy to either own permanently or own for a certain amount of time and you basically just own them and they are a piece of property. They're like slaves. And obviously that, that is not how sex work should be it's not a healthy world for sex workers in this world or a safe world and they don't have any kind of like consent really in this in this world and that's kind of the point that dario is getting to is like he wants someone to want him back and to consent to sex with him and that's like revolutionary i guess but anyway we talk about that a lot he's great i so we're back over in dragonstone melisandra is talking to stana she wants to kill gendry davos is learning to read i had this note because i was like if you're learning to read for the first time why the fuck would you start with a targaryen history with all of those horrible names that nobody can pronounce with like the a's and e's and things (laughs) like trying to pronounce visenya and i'm like good luck Oh my gosh. I love Amber. He's so cute learning to read. So I had a note here that, and like, obviously we're going to see Stannis and Davos like kind of butt heads even more than they have. But I was just like, why does he even still like Stannis at this point? And I did start calling him Stannos in all my notes because of the Stannis, Stannos, <laughs> Stannis, Thanos. Uh, parallel but yeah I was like why does he even still like Stannis I don't know I think he thinks he's the one true king I guess I think he thinks he's like fair and just yeah so the thing about that is that so Davos ends up freeing Gendry and he says that he does it because it's right and so it's kind of like he must think then that like Stan Stannis doesn't know what's right anymore yeah that's the thing which was Stannis's whole shtick like he's fair and just until he starts burning people alive for like dark magic yeah so I think like Davos letting Gendry go is kind of like a a big nod to him saying like Stannis doesn't know what's right anymore and he's lost he's lost it (laughs) Stannis also says in this scene that he says he saw a battle in the snow in the fire and I said I guess he didn't see who wins Time for the awkward Sansa and Tyrion wedding. Um, I say ew so many times in this episode, um, mostly about things that Joffrey or Tywin say. I was watching it with my sister-in-law and the minute that Joffrey got on screen, she goes, such a punchable face. (laughs) 
He does have a very punchable face. face. And I said, here comes the bride, a literal child. And then we have Cersei and Marjorie playing little word games as they do. Um, This is when Cersei explains what the song Reigns of Castamere is about, which is important because the next episode is called The Reigns of Castamere. So there's some parallels there. Yeah. And of course, she's using that as a thinly veiled threat against Marjorie and tells her not to call her her sister. Um, I hate this wedding. No one wants to be here except for Joff, I guess. He's an ass hat. He is an ass hat. This is when Tyrion says, I am the god of tits and wine. Yes, he does. So yeah, I didn't realize he actually said, I am the god of tits and wine, which is great. Parallel. And then like pretty weird that dad's over here talking to Tyrion about his boners. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. And then like Joff walks up to Sansa and tells her that he's going to rape her after Tyrion has sex Uh, with her. Or before if Tyrion passes out drunk yeah that doesn't matter which lannister puts a baby in you yeah Ugh. why gross i mean he doesn't do that thank god but but like why more threat and rape yeah and he obviously like we've talked about before joff is not even like into yep. women he's just into violence so he just wants to rape her because she knows because he knows she doesn't want that so pretty horrible all around bad day for everyone this is the first time we come across the mention of a bedding ceremony yeah horrible gross tradition do we ever see like an actual bedding ceremony in this show yeah no like, next well, episode or yeah next episode oh like show the sex at the end of it yeah because isn't it like everyone stands outside and listens or watches or watches but yeah boots and hollers yeah so joffrey wants a bedding ceremony Tyrion threatens him that he'd be fucking his own wife with a wooden cock <laughs> which is great yeah <laughs> And, um, and then of course the bedding doesn't happen. Um, I think I like, I didn't really catch this the first few times watching it, but Tyrion pretends to be much more drunk than he actually is. Not that he's not drunk, but he's like stumbling mm. out of there with Sansa yeah. just to like kind of get it over with. And then like, once they get to the room, he seems like immediately a little bit more sobered up. Yeah. I saw that. I noticed that too. And it was just kind of like to avoid any, like to take the pressure off of her of like, okay, like let's just let Tyrion go to bed. He's too drunk for this. Yeah. And then that's when he asks her, he's like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 14. And it's like, for fuck's sake, that's way too young. Way too young. Tells her that he won't share her bed until she wants him to. And she says, what if I never want you to? And he says, and so my watch begins. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Great line. And then we've got Danny in the bathtub. Bath scene, great. Masandi and Danny have like a cute little relationship starting to form in this scene. They're talking about languages and Masandi corrects her on her Dothraki a little bit. And then uh, Dario bursts in and he's like, I got some heads for you. I brought you some heads of your enemies because I would like to fuck. Not right now, but hopefully eventually. I mean, yeah, he basically says, because you're hot. Yeah. Oh, fuck. This is where Sam kills a White Walker. Why did I say that happened earlier? Yeah, because he's with the White Walkers earlier or some shit. I don't know. So yeah, so then this episode ends with a million ravens and then Sam kills the White Walker with Gilly. Then on to episode nine. We've got two more episodes to get through. I think we've talked a lot about some of the stuff in these, so we shouldn't be too long here. Yeah. This is the Reigns of Castamere. I honestly like believed that like with the last, this, this episode and then some of the previous ones we talked about, I think they mentioned this, but I really like thought that Rob was going to pull off 
taking over Casterly Rock because I was still all like, this is a show about the Starks. I didn't know we were about to lose all the Starks. I I figured everyone was going to die. I think by the time I started watching this, I was just like, no one is safe. Yeah. I was, I feel like I wasn't that upset about all the Starks dying. I feel like I wasn't as attached to Rob, but the scene itself is just like horrendous. How many um, seasons were out when you started watching Game of Thrones? Um, This one had just ended. So it was like two episodes into season four. Yeah. Okay. So I wonder if that like makes a difference in watching it too. I knew there was going to be a wedding where everyone died. Right. But I mean, just like in terms of not... In terms of like, I had been attached to the Starks for three years. That's a good point. Yeah, no, and I watched it all in like a week. Yeah, but anyway. Yeah, but I just think I was more attached to like Arya and Danny and Jon Snow and Egret and stuff than like Rob or Catelyn. Yeah. I had a note here. Um, Why is the Frey, like why is House Frey so Spartan? Because it seems like they're like super poor, but they're like lords. Like they're all wearing like homespun dresses and rags. Weird. Yeah, I guess they're just like not a very wealthy house I guess they're like a lesser house but like it's a feudal system like they still have money (laughs) and they're not like that much lesser of a house like I guess the twins is a big thing I don't know like the Tullys are like their liege lord so I guess they're like the like equivalent to like the Umbers or the yeah our Starks so maybe, but anyway, I just felt like it's like barren in their hall and like they have like two candles and everyone's wearing rags. No, that's true. I don't, even to the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Walter is creepy. He says that he can always see what's going on beneath a dress, which is disgusting. Ugh. And he's like, you married for love. I say you married for like a nice pair of tits and a tight fit. Yeah, ew. Ew. And then he was like, oh, I respect that. Uh-huh. I really thought he was cool with it here. Like, I really thought he was just like, yeah, she's hot. I get it. I'm an asshole too. Which isn't, yeah. And he says something about the wedding here. The wine will flow red. The music will be loud. And we'll put this mess behind us. The wine, like the blood flowed red. The music was loud. And it was the reigns of Castamere. Yeah. And they put this mess behind us there's yep so i just put a lot of sad faces here same i did too let's see what else dario um he is not interested in slaves yeah i put the dario shits on jora about him being cool with slaves yeah i mean constantly i just like don't remember jora being this into slaves the first time i watched it but he's very clearly super into yeah slaves. like i feel like things i'm noticing this time around are one there's just like a lot more rape than i thought there was or at least mentions of it uh-huh um and a lot more Jorah being cool with slaves. Yeah. No, yeah. And then uh, Dario says to the Jorah, he's like, you have a suspicious mind. Only dishonest people think like this. Yes. <laughs> Love Which it. Which is great because Jorah is dishonest. Yes, dishonest. This is the episode where Arya turns to the Hound and says, someday I'm going to put a sword through your eye and out the back of your skull. And like, can you imagine being like a brutal dude and like some little girl saying that to you? Oh my God, yes. That is really the best scene. Fucking love that. And he's just like, okay. And she just like walks away. It's great. Okay, this is where Hodor and the party of Bran are all in the windmill. And Hodor starts Hodoring because it's thunderstorm and they're like, no more Hodoring. Oh, I love when he says Hodor, no Hodoring. Stop Hodoring, Hodor. Yeah, Hodor, no more Hodoring, Hodor. Stop Hodoring, Hodor. (laughs) 
Yes. I love that because I feel like we had already been using the, the, the word Hodor as a verb and then they actually do it in the show. <laughs> um, so that's super great. And then, yeah, Bran does his first intention. Well, he does his first Worg into a human, into Hodor. And then he follows that shortly by doing his first intentional Worg into his wolf. His wolf. Yeah. This is also like John and Bran are like at the same place, almost a crossover episode. Woo woo! <laughs> Which is um, how it feels because everything at the wall has been its own thing for a long time. Yes. Yeah, you can you can see, I mean, John must know that they're there because he sees the two wolves attack the wildlings that aren't his. It's true. Attack the free folk. But he like doesn't acknowledge or say anything. Yeah, you would think that he would know, but I guess he knows nothing, so. Yeah, I guess he does know nothing. And then um, the free folk try to make him kill the horse breeder guy and um, Johnny can't do it. And then Tormund's like, kill Johnny. And so he has to run away. And I just have a big note that says, hello, Johnny, do you see the two woofs? You see the two woofs? Do you not know that your brothers are here? But yeah, Ed Tully and the Frey girl are getting married. Turns out that she's like 15 years old because of course she has to be a fucking literal child. Here we go again. Which like is weird too, because you would think if Walter Frey is just trying to like punish them and like pawn off, like he can pawn off any child. Could do it like his older and unmarried daughters. Yeah. But anyway, maybe he like wants to like have their houses aligned with like having children in the future though. Yeah. And he knows that he will rape a child because he's a man from Westeros and that's what they do there. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. But I mean, I do like like during the wedding scene, the wedding feast scene, like him, Edmure and the little bride child are like giggling together and like they actually both seem excited about the bedding so that's something at least. Yeah no this doesn't it definitely doesn't seem rapey I mean it's not it doesn't seem rapey other than that she's 15. Yeah is, I mean I guess yeah. in that period of time even like a hundred years ago like people got married when they were 15 I don't yeah I don't like true. it. I don't like it either but, but I guess it's not like it's it happened in our world you know. It still happens in Florida I think. Oh god yeah no thanks <laughs> uh Walder during the feast is like making weird faces at Rob because he's excited to kill them this is where Bran and Rick and Rickon split up is in this episode Bran sends Osha and Rickon to Castle Black and I was like Rickon has had the most traumatizing childhood he really has like everyone in his family keeps abandoning him and now he's the only one left he just like disappears for a while and then we don't find him again until like he's just like a pawn for Ramsey later like I'm just like yeah by Rickon yeah basically at this point by Rickon Dario comes back to Danny in this episode from taking over young Kai he's covered in blood he looks really hot and she's like this is attractive to me you freed people and you're bloody and you're attractive and um maybe we should bang later agreed but that's not in this season it's not even the same Dario oh um I also so at the end of the red wedding feast um, before the murder starts they start doing the bedding ceremony and Talisa is just watching like what the actual fuck is happening right Maybe, now yeah because she's not from Westeros she's like what is yeah. this shit and Rob's just kind of giggling he's like I guess it's a weird tradition and we're all like yeah, yeah. dude that's why they had a secret wedding so they didn't have to do this bullshit yeah she says that she's gonna name their baby Eddard so like one last little cutesy scene that we get between the two of them baby is named after Sean Bean so immediately dies yeah true that's why it all happened yeah the the baby stabbing is definitely to me the worst yeah so 
Brutal Deaths tracker. Lisa stabbed in a baby. Stabbed in the baby. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty much the ending of the episode is all of the murders of all of the Starks. It's very brutal. It's very big sad. Catelyn cuts Walter Frey's wife's throat and then gets her own throat cut. We don't get uh, Lady Stoneheart in this. No, Stoneheart. We need Stoneheart. Yeah, so. Very disappointing because we got the Brotherhood Without Banners. They led up to it. Yeah. In the book, she turns into Lady Stoneheart and she's like a revengeful dead mother. Yeah. She turns into like, so in the books, it's um, Doros of Mir instead of resurrecting, Beric ends up resurrecting Catelyn Stark, but since her throat was slit, she cannot talk. So she's just kind of like, and she was like floating around in the river for a few yeah. days. So like, she's not really herself. So she's like yeah. zombie Catelyn and she's like out for revenge against anyone who may have wronged her. And it's great. Um, And they call her Lady Stoneheart and we never see her. Yeah, she doesn't exist in the show. And, uh, she doesn't exist in the show. At one point they go back to the Riverlands for some like dumb fucking plot line in season seven and I was just like they're gonna do Lady Stoneheart and they didn't. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's the Jamie being fucking stupid. Would have been better with Lady Stoneheart. All right, one more episode that we're going to talk about today, which is episode 10 of season three, Misa. So we start out with basically the end of the Red Wedding where people are dying and Arya and the Hound are there and Arya sees um, the Rob's body with the dire doge head, dire wolf head attached to it. So that's terrible. I just wrote, because this is like another one of those things that's super fucking brutal that they showed and I was just, so I just wrote Jesus at all caps with a Z. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> okay. So then we move on to Sansa Lannister. She's a Lannister. Sansa Lannister. And I actually really like this scene because this is the one where she's talking to Tyrion and like they do, I mean, part of this scene is to show that she's like still a child and she basically like says some childish shit where she doesn't know the word shit. She says sheep shift and says that shift is the, the curse word for dung. And we're like, oh, Sansa. But I like this scene because like her and Tyrion are just like kind of bantering. Oh, I didn't catch that. I thought it was like another word for, she doesn't know the word shit. Oh yeah, she thinks it's shift. <laughs> Sounds so stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I love their banter too. They're like actually getting along and like joking around. Yeah, you could definitely like see how like when she grows up, this could turn into like a good marriage until she finds out that his family just murdered hers right yeah i mean uh, like five minutes well, later there's a lot of other problems but like the two of them personality wise could get along and so like, saying that happened like five minutes later and it just like yeah. ruined it because then she's done i really like so jo uh, Tyrion leaves that scene to walk into a small council meeting and joffrey looks all happy and Tyrion just walks up and says did you feel kill a few puppies today <laughs> Because he would. And Tywin sends the king <laughs> to, to bed without his supper. <laughs> the yes. Because Joffrey starts talking back to Tywin and saying he's the king and Tywin doesn't do shit. And Tywin's just like, the king is tired. See him to his chambers. Maybe yes. some, perhaps some milk of the poppy. And he's like, I'm some not tired. Essence of nightshade. Essence of nightshade. That's it. Not milk of the poppy. He's not getting yes. high. No, he's uh, just getting snoozy. And he's like, I'm not tired. He's has a little temper tantrum. Yeah, he's just really out of control. Tywin is not having it. Uh, there's another scene of Tywin telling Tyrion that he needs to rape Sansa. He then says that Tyrion needs to stop following his own selfish desires, which translates to not raping a child is selfish. 
So Taiwan sucks even more than I ever remembered him sucking. Yeah, I hate Taiwan. Yeah, he sucks. He's horrible. Yeah, I don't know. I I like never liked Taiwan, but I hate him a lot. Yeah, I feel like I didn't realize quite how horrible he was. Yeah, I feel like you get caught up the first time with like the Joffreys and the Ramses, and you miss like the Taiwans and the Little Fingers for sure. Yeah. So then we're back um in the night fort. Night fort. Oh, is when Hodor is Hodoring. Yeah. Into like he's like echoing. He's Hodoring like into a well. Yes. I love that part so much. It's great. And then um, Bran tells the story of the rat cook from the Night Fort, who this is like a double, um, well, this is, yeah, it's just a great piece of foreshadowing because he says that he um, he hosted this king and his son in his house and then killed the son and baked him into a pie, fed him to the king. The king liked it, thought it was great, didn't realize it was his son. Then he was turned into a rat and he deserved to be turned into a rat because he did this to his own guests in his house which is not a cool thing to do. So obviously we've just seen a bunch of guests killed in somebody's own house. Um, and, you know, we're going to see some somebody be fed his own son. Somebody be fed his own children in a pie. Um, so that's going to happen much later. But I do love that they included that story mm-hmm. right after the Red Wedding episode. Some foreshadowing. And also, yeah. do you think Bran at this point knows what happened because he's Bran? I don't think so because I don't think he has much control over his visions yet until he meets the three-eyed raven and he's had like a few like kind of minor premonitions of like things that are about to happen or like happening yeah. currently somewhere else but i don't feel like he's seeing that much that's true clearly, like he dreamt when ned died but yeah i feel like he would have like said something here yeah i don't think i think he was only telling that story because like they're in the night for and jojen said that he liked scary stories oh yeah that makes sense and then i have fuck john snow for betraying egret mm-hmm. yeah so we talked before I, this makes me not like we, him. I know we talked before about like does Jon Snow have like some inkling of wanting to be part of the free folk earlier on and like do you think he would have just stayed with them had they stayed north of the wall and like never come to attack what used to be his people I don't know I yeah I don't know it's, I think he's just like duty and honor and bullshit and that was always going to be who he was and I hate that about him I know I felt like that the first time watching that and then like watching it I was like unsure again because of like the line he has when he first joins with Mance where he's like talking about how the Night's Watch already knew that Craster was selling his babies to the um, Night King and he's like that's not cool by me so I'm like he has good reason to like leave the Night's Watch and become a free folk yeah and And it's just like I wonder if they hadn't been like going to war against his people or like attacking his people if he would have just stayed what if just been one of them maybe we'll never know we'll know as much about it as Jon Snow knows about anything but I hate that he left and betrayed her it sucks yeah it's terrible he sucks makes me like him a lot less as a character now this is the episode where Ramsay is eating the sausage and we get the little sausage gif (laughs) where he's waggling his hot dog in the air and talking about Theon's wiener um which for a second when I was rewatching this I was like wait what does he do with his actual wiener because I forgot that he mails it to his family Mails it to his dad. It's his dick in a box. Yeah. And then, of course, since Theon's dad is a real just like stand up guy, he um, doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, whatever. Son's dick. It's fine. Not only, yeah, whatever, my son's dick, but like he's not my son anymore because he doesn't have a dick. So he's not even a man. Ugh. 
the worst. Take it a step further, make it worse than it was. And Yara then decides that she's going to go save her brother because she's like, I've made my decision too. Um, but anyway. Oh, okay. This is where we have a crossover episode. <laughs> crossover episode it's when Bran meets Sam yes so Sam and Gilly like break into the night fort while they're all staying there and it definitely like it's characters that haven't met before and have been like big but separate throughout the series um and it's pretty fun and Sam knows who he is because yeah dire wolf yes he recognizes him by the wolf and then um he says he's heard all about Hodor yeah he knows Hodor I love that and Hodor just goes Hodor Hodor. yeah and then Bran of course gets all serious weird and ruins it but whatever that's all Bran does for like the rest of the series is get serious and weird and ruin things yeah Sam gives them some dragon glass for killing white walkers and Hodor et al go beyond the wall then back to Davos and Gendry they have like their weird little conversation before Davos lets Gendry free now Gendry disappears we don't see him again for a long ass time yeah so Davos comes back after he talks to Stannis and lets him go and then yeah he just like pushes him out into a boat and he's like in a boat for I don't know like six seasons or something just gone there were a lot of memes at the time about like where the fuck is Kendry because like we went through the whole next season I think without seeing him and we're just like he's still in his boat It takes a long time to get anywhere in uh, Westeros with a rowboat. Yeah. Okay, so then we get this great scene. The Hound and Arya trotting along on their horse. Oh, yeah. And they come upon some guys from the twins who are talking about how they were the ones to put... Well, one of them specifically says he's the one who put the direwolf head on Rob's body. And Arya just jumps off the horse. And the Hound is kind of just like, just watches, basically. (laughs) And then she goes and does a little murder. A little bit of murder. She didn't have it very well thought out because there were four guys there and she planned to kill one of them and didn't know how she was going to deal with the other ones. Luckily, she's with the hound, so it's fine in this instance. He comes and takes care of it. Yeah, so... And then he's like... Next time you're going to do something like that, maybe let me know. Yeah. And it's like, I like, he's totally fine with her hopping off the horse to go murder some people. He gets it. But just like, let me know so I can back just you up. Just warn me first. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, he's like, is that the first man you killed? And she says the first man specifically because she did kill a child. A child. She did. She did. She killed a little boy. Um, all right. Then this is where Ygritte finds Snargy Narg and she um has this really sad conversation with him and she says that he was always a night boy and that he knows nothing. And then he know he says that he knows some things and that he says that he knows that he loves her and she loves him. So stay, motherfucker. Yeah, what the fuck, Johnny? Mm. Ugh. So anyway, then she shoots him because she's Egret. Three arrows. She's in like, him. "Fuck you! I'm actually gonna shoot you." Yeah, um, non-fatal, but yeah. They know. say later to like one of the wildlings next season say to her like, "If I know you're a great shot, if you wanted to kill him, he'd be dead." So it seems like she wanted to shoot him, but she didn't want him dead. Yeah. Jamie and Brian, Brian and Kyburn all arrive at King's Landing at the end of this episode. That's how Kyburn gets to King's Landing. I was wondering that earlier. I don't remember. That is how he gets there with Jamie yeah I kind of forget that they're all together I was just thinking of it as just mm-hmm. Jamie and Bree getting to King's Landing together but yeah Kyron's with them um Jamie of course before he can even like take a fucking shower he's like let me go see my hot sister he comes to her all like straggly with no hand and she's like what the fuck yeah they don't, I don't think they actually talk in that scene we have to wait till next season um and then we've got two more little scenes after that which is Stannis being mad at Davos for letting Gendry 
go. And then it turns out that Melisandre is actually the one who saves Davos's life because Stannis wants to kill him. And she's like, no, we need him. Because they're going north. Which is just very ironic yeah but it's because they got the letter that they need to go north yep yeah they're like the first people in this show who actually believe in the white walkers when someone says um we should maybe worry about the white walkers yeah somehow yeah because like yeah so i mean when stannis or sorry when davos reads the letter and he's like oh no this is concerning it's kind of like i don't know he's like not the most learned person so it's kind of like maybe he's a little more gullible maybe he's willing to believe whatever but then melisandre buys into it too so it's like okay we finally have some people actually believing in this and taking it seriously and then of course the episode ends and the season ends with Danny outside of Yunkai and all of the freed slaves walk out they open the door they walk out it's this big crowd and um Danny and Masandi like give this speech and she's like I don't you know um you don't owe your freedom to me only you can take your own freedom it's like this great freedom-y speech and um and then they all call her Misa which means mama and they carry her like she's i don't know crowd surfing yeah she sends her dragons flying into the sky they have her go crowd surfing and then the season ends with this like it's this huge pan out from like her being held on someone's shoulders and then like goes up into the sky and you can see all these freed slaves like this huge group of people and then all of the rows of the unsullied and like the dragon circling and it's just like a very beautiful scene and epic ending to the season and of course we're like maybe they're gonna go to Westeros and conquer it now but I mean I don't have like obviously there's a lot more shit that she does but I don't know I I kind of get I kind of think it's good that she like stays around for a while after she conquers all these cities because like the reason is because you know she can't just like destroy the government and be like peace like bye forever well I think she does that and yeah she does she does sleep and that's kind of why she stays in Marine because she's like, oh, I need to like need stay to... and actually rule. Yeah. Because when I left Astapor and Yunkai, like they just took back over. Yeah, they just went back to slavery. And she's like, I don't want to just leave it like that. Like I'm, I can't just like attack and free some slaves and take some of them with me. Like I need to actually fix the situation. So, I mean, we're going to get all into that yeah. in the next season and stuff. But anyway. That's season three. Yeah, yeah. So this was a really fun group of episodes. Uh, not fun because they were pretty terrible. Um, but <laughs> fun to talk about. A lot of bad shit yeah. happened. But yeah, very dramatic. Lots going on. How's the rewatch going for you so far? It's good. I'm enjoying it. I'm uh, moving a lot slower than I normally do, so I'm noticing a lot. Like you said. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't think we had new characters this round. No Smasher Pass. Yeah. Oh, I. Sorry. I'm gonna. Ooh, Smasher Pass. Dario. Smash, Smash obviously. obviously. That's it. So <gasps> I, I wanted to ask you, and you could, I don't want to like jump on your shit because this was your fun idea, but do you think it might be more appropriate to do Fuck, Mary Kill since it's Game of Thrones? Yes, that's better. <laughs> okay, so next time we do a rewatch, we're going to switch from Smasher Pass to Fuck, Mary Kill. I'll let you come up with the list for each one. Okay. Um, And we can, because yeah, it just better, seems a little more Game, Game of Thrones is Fuck, Mary Kill. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just like a little more in line with what's happening. So, <laughs> um, cool. Well, we we will be back next week with another mini-sode and the following week with the beginning of season four of Game of Thrones. You have time to catch up if you haven't listened or if you haven't been watching yet and you want to watch with us. We've got another two weeks till our next 
epic Game of Thrones rewatch series episode. Uh, in the meantime, we really want to hear from you guys. Email us your theories or like the things that you thought were happening when you watched Game of Thrones. Email us what you think you want to get in a fight with us about. Fight with us. Yeah, you so you can reach us. Attack, you- attack. Attack, attack. You can email <laughs> us with your attacks at pot of the dragon podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at underscore pot of the dragon. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pot of the dragon, I think. Pot of the dragon, yeah. And then, of course, like we said, or like we were teasing at the beginning of the episode, you can also support us through our shop on Etsy. Um, if you search pot of the dragon, on Etsy you should be able to find our shop there we have some cool who fucked a dragon merch you know we just want to know where the Targaryen's powers came from so if you're dragon. concerned about who fucked a dragon in the Targaryen dynasty too it's a good shop for you uh, my favorite right now is the who fucked a Gra- dragon crop top tea I have an order for that so I'm excited to get it in the mail and um, we really appreciate all of our listeners. We've been kind of seeing some cool numbers. Um, it seems like it was, you know, the first few episodes we did, it was like our friends listening to it. And yeah. it <laughs> seems like there's maybe some more of you guys now. So um, we are really excited that you guys like this. So um, keep listening. If you do like our show, it really helps us out. If you would subscribe to our show on whatever platform you listen to podcasts. And um, if you want to share this with your friends who are into a song, of ice and fire that is awesome so one more thing christine real quick anything that you want to plug not really i don't have anything new how about you same as usual you can follow me on instagram at low underscore mazzy i'm drinking a day pack today from athletic brewing which is a flavored seltzer infused with hops this one is lemon lime it is delicious um it's not like sweet or anything so if you like something a little more on the hoppy kind of bitter flavor side this is an awesome seltzer option for you and you can um, get a discount code from me on Instagram if you want to check that out. So thanks again for listening, everyone. And like we said, we'll be back next week with our mini-sode. So we'll we'll see ya metaphorically there. And uh, until next time, dreams didn't make us podcasters. Dragons did. Karis. Bye forever. Bye. We did a podcast. We did a podcast. I love you. Make out with me, Shansha. Shansha. It doesn't even sound like that. It doesn't, but I don't know why it works. Shansha, please. I love you.